Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh. Our guest is Debbie Kennedy, Executive Director, Wichita Children's Home. Welcome to our first issue show of the new year, Debbie. It's an honor for you, I guess. It is an honor for me to be here to talk with you about the Wichita Children's Home. Let's begin with the basics. Uh, what is the Wichita Children's Home? It's, it's, it is our place in our community for children that have been abused, neglected, exploited, homeless, that can come for safety and, and some shelter. And how did, how did uh, this home come about? It's 132 years old. 132? 132 years our community has needed the Wichita Children's Home. And it came about that there was a gentleman that lost his wife in childbirth, and he had seven children. And he went to Miss Garver, one of his neighbors, and asked her to take care of the children while he went and looked for work. And he would give her a mighty good milk cow. And so she found 19 of her friends, and they... Uh, rented a house on Douglas, and they started the Wichita Children's Home, and it's been in existence ever since. It's quite a story. It is. And how long have you been director? Uh, five and a half years. I was say, not 130. No, <laughs> no. Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> Just, again, a little bit of background, Debbie. Tell us uh, what you've done. You had a pretty good career. You've done some things in nursing. Tell us about your background a little bit in the nursing and so forth. I'm a psychiatric nurse, and I taught at Fort Hay State. I taught at Wichita State. I was the CEO of the WSU Alumni Association right before uh, they asked me to come on to become the CEO of the Wichita Children's Home. But Mike and I served as volunteers, and I served on their board of directors. And um, so I bring that experience of not only working in the field of psych nursing, but also in teaching that uh, to the children's home. You mentioned Mike, of course. Mike Kennedy is your husband, who is the uh, longtime voice of, uh, of uh, shocker basketball and baseball at Wichita State. And a friend of mine, a co-worker for many years, so we've known you for a while. Now, where are you actually from then? I was born in Omaha, Nebraska, oh, okay. but raised here in Wichita. Okay. And, and when I met Mike, I was living in Hayes. You were out in Fort, at Fort Hayes. At Fort Hayes. Now, when you talk about the Wichita Children's Home, is, is, where is it located? It is um, between Rock Road and Woodlawn at 7271 East 37th Street North. Okay, when I mention that, I know that uh, there is... You have some facilities that you don't mention where they are. Right. right? We we'll do. talk about that maybe in a little bit. Okay. But no, I'm not going to ask you where they are. All right. <laughs> but on that main campus is 13.6 acres of land Ooh. that we have a lot of green space for our kids to where go Where was out. it again? It's between Woodlawn and Rock Road. Okay. Over by Willowbend. You know, yeah. That would give you a point right. of All right. reference. So you got a pretty big campus out We there. do. We All do. Right. How many young people do you serve at one time, Debbie? Uh, on average, we have about 138 to 150 kids that are needing residential care, but then we have a lot of services that are out in the community. How long can they stay or be a part of it? It's, it depends on why they're being admitted to the children's home. If they're admitted due to police protective custody, that gives the police and the courts 72 business hours to work the case to determine 
whether they should remove that child from that home for a little bit while they wrap some services around it. But if they're already in state's custody, it depends on the program. Some of those kids stay with us for two years. Really? Yes. Okay. And how are, how are the children referred to you? How do they get to the children? There are so many ways that children can be referred to us. First and foremost, we have a contract with the Department of Children and Families to take care of those children that are in state's custody that need the services that we offer. Um, We also have parents that might need some respite care. For example, we've had several military uh, single moms, single dads that have had to go do something and they needed someone to take care of their children or have had some surgeries or something, so they'll put them in respite care. That's private pay. Um, Our children are homeless. We have a homeless initiative, so we go out and we uh, comb the streets and find them and um, well, there's so many different ways. And you talk about the here. homeless. You know, I've, I've been watching this, and you have too, the situation over the past, I don't know, eight, ten years, the homeless situation, which kind of went like that, well, across the country. It did. And that impacts children. It, it, really. it absolutely does. And the earlier a person gets out on the streets and becomes homeless, the longer they're staying on the streets. So we as a community really have to take a look at how we're treating children that are homeless. And so we have a initiative that we have a drop-in center and it's called the Opportunity Zone where they can come and get three meals a day and they have case management, they have a loving staff that take care of them. And then I have a street outreach team that goes out after five o'clock and goes in underneath the bridges and finds out where those kids are living and they bring humanity to them every day, bring them food, bring them clothing, encourage them to come into um, our drop-in center and after the first of the year um, we will be announcing something very very exciting that will really help the homeless population and really take care of children that are homeless i wish i could (laughs) but i there's some people that i want around me as we announce that very good Uh, now you talked about just to touch on your staff what kind of people you have working for you I have about 150 people that work at the wichita children's home and we're always in need of great uh, people to work and care for children that have been traumatized. But we have, I have a, um, a nurse practitioner, I have therapists, I have empowerment counselors, social workers, administrators. I mean, so when you think about working at a medium-sized company, we have those individuals. But most importantly, we have very caring staff that will take care of children and understand that those children have been traumatized and they need very kind and caring and sensitive people to work with them. Well, I was thinking uh, a lot of these interviews I do, people use volunteers, but I'll bet you don't use that many. We do use do a you? lot of volunteers, because yes. Because I was thinking they're pretty specific. Care. Yes, but they have to go through background checks. So they have to oh, do yeah. fingerprints. They have to do the KBI and FBI fingerprint background checks and things like that. But we do rely on volunteers to come and help us. Let's talk about specific programs and services. And I'm going to go through as many as I could find out about, and you, you fill in the cracks. All right. You. Tell me first about uh, emergency shelter. That is where we are one of the most unique homes in the country that we have a contract that when a child is placed in police protective custody, when the police arrive to a home or into a situation and think that the children may be in an unsafe, neglectful place, they will then take them and admit them to police protective custody, and they bring them automatically to the Wichita Children's Home, which is a very loving and caring and very kind setting, healing place for them versus what happens in many other communities is where they might take them down at the police station and ask 
and get that information where they just come here with us. And mm. it's, it's, I do believe it's the best model of care. Okay, so what is DCF custody then? DCF is that's when they, after that 72 hours, then if they determine that that child needs to be placed in state's custody under the Department for Children's and Families, then we'll continue to keep those children on. And once they've been placed into our shelter, the, they'll stay with us about four to eight months while we're looking for foster homes to take care of those children, or if they're going to be reintegrated into their homes. Okay, so you've got to, you might have a child there for four to eight months. What do you do about their education? We um, <laughs> we are so excited about the the relationship we have with USC two five nine. I think we've come up with a model of care that the country should be accepting, but they have a success team that they work with the foster care children and take a look at any foster care child that's going to US 259 and they look at their success history in school. But we also have a school on site for children that have fallen behind in their credits mm -hmm. and we have a USD 259 teacher there that's getting them um, reconnected in school, helping them with their school anxieties and they graduate. So every June we have a graduation ceremony that is one of the most outstanding um, graduation ceremonies you'll ever see in a community. Tell us about uh, foster care. What's foster care? Again, foster care is we work with that police that bring those children in, again, to police protective custody, and that serves zero to 12 years old. So we put okay. those smaller children into homes with our emergency foster families. So we find that they're, they're better served with a family that can tuck them, tuck them in at night, give them a kiss, get them up in the morning, make them breakfast, um, let them be a child. And so we have about 65 families that we work with in our community. And, and Steve, I have to tell you that several of our foster families are police officers that are wanting to make a difference in what they see every day. And also in the medical field, we have doctors and nurses and physicians assistants, and that helps me feel more comfortable placing a child that may be a shaken baby or may have a seizure or may have a wound or a fracture due to the abuse that they just received. And I was going to ask you, how, how hard is it for you to find foster families? We are you so... you have a backlog or people waiting? Or? We do have people that really... You're we kidding me. We do. We are so blessed to have people that want to work with the children's home and foster these children. Uh, but again, when you're talking about volunteers helping us, a lot of times that's that foster family, of course, they get paid through the Department of Children's and Families, but probably not enough to, you know, to recap what they're spending on that child. Right. But they're very loving, and they are so committed to caring for those children and to be a part of our healing environment. What is Bridges? Bridges. I know it, what a bridge is, but yes, what are Bridges? <laughs> bridges is what we have. We have a 31-bed apart, 31 apartments in our apartment complex for children that most of those kids have aged out of foster care and have aged out to homelessness. And when we see that and we know that they can work with us in our programming, we put them in that apartment. And so we have a federal grant that covers 10 beds of that. Then we have another one for um, pregnant and parenting teens that can stay in that apartment complex as well. And then we make it up with other children. So it's, it is a very unique setup um, that those children not only have an apartment and safety, but they have staff that work with them with intensive case management. They attend groups. We make sure that they get in, to, if they need it, drug and alcohol treatment. 
any services that they need so that they can learn how to live a happy and healthy and productive life. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations. Our guest is Debbie Kennedy, Executive Director of Wichita Children's Home. Okay, so what is crisis intervention? Or have you already talked about it, I guess? Well, crisis intervention is we have social workers and therapists that work with each child that enters our doors, no matter what services that they're receiving. And they go through their history and then determine what services they need in order to be able to heal from those wounds. Tell us about uh, Street Outreach Services, SOS. SOS. Is that where you go out every day? Yes, that's that's where we have that staff that when all the other services in our community are closed, we're out at 5 to 10 um, going out and working with those children. And Crossroads for Runway. That is, you know, we do have chronic... Runaway, not runaway. Runaways. Runaway, thank you. Those are children that have been chronic runners from their homes. And what we do is we bring services into that home and we help support that parent and that child so they can stay at home, have that family unity, and stay in school and graduate. Well, and you talk about runaways, of course, that that can be a really big problem. Uh, The police department, human trafficking, and so forth. I'm sure you're seeing some of the... Some of the darker side of all that. We are. Uh, we are. You want to talk about that for you just know, a little and bit? I'll talk a little bit about the runaways. Okay, runaways, you know, when you're when you're in a crisis situation, you either want to fight, flee, which flee, is fight, running, flee, yeah. and or freeze, where you just stand there. And so sometimes the trigger is I've got to get out of the situation. So when you help them identify what that situation is, what the crisis is, and how their body's responding then we can help decrease that anxiety and keep them in their home and keep them safe. But when you're talking about the darker sides of runaways and some of the things that we see is that when a child is on the streets for the research is demonstrating within 48 hours, they're being uh, solicited for, for survivor sex, human trafficking. Within 48 hours. 48 hours. That is one of the reasons why we as a community have to surround ourselves and take care of our homeless people and particularly our youth. Uh, tell us about Safe Place. Safe Place, you all know and seen Safe Place. You may not have recognized it. When you go to the Quick Trip and you see that sign that says Safe Place, that is the children's home. And it's in a partnership with Quick Trip and a, safe, a national organization called Safe Place, and we're that in this community. So anytime you see that sign, that's us. And then we respond within 30 minutes. So it could be the bus line. It could be the fire station, the police station, but our quick trip. But we also go into the schools um, here in our area, the freshmen and we, the freshman classes, and we tell them about safe place. So if a child ever feels like they're in crisis, they're unsafe, go to a quick trip. And their store managers are taught how to take care of that child and keep them safe until the Wichita Children's Home staff arrives and takes them and brings them to the children's home so we can ensure their safety. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask you a question. I don't know the answer, and I we'll we'll see. I'm gonna throw it out there. All are right. you part of the United Way? Can people dial two one one and find out about you? Yes, we okay. are. We are. <laughs> yes, we rely. I think that's the greatest thing. On, dial two one one and get your services. Right. You know, I taught community health nursing at Wichita State, and that was the most phenomenal thing we could use. Okay. Uh, what is Gerard House? Gerard House is um, a home 
for pregnant and parenting teens, and it's the only one in the state of Kansas. So mm-hmm. it used to be uh, managed as part of the mission of the Via Christi system, and then several years ago they asked if we would take that on, and so it was one of two at that time. The other one was out in Hayes, Kansas, but since then that one's closed, and so we're the only one. So it's for children, for teens that are pregnant or parenting, and Steve, the average age of the child that we're dealing with that's pregnant is 14. Wow. 14 and they're learning how your bodies are are making that change into pregnancy when that's not safe on a teenage body and then they're also being taught how to be a parent when they themselves perhaps were never parented and need parenting so it's a unique combination of services they have call it children having children i believe is it yes phrase. it is so you let's back up a little bit you're telling me this is the only facility in kansas and that deals directly with that problem? Yes, that works with the Department for Children's and Families for children that are in state's custody that need care. Um, and it's unique care because you think about a pregnant teen, there, there's a lot of things that are going on, not just physically but emotionally. And some of the stories that behind the reasons for pregnancy is you've, you've got to deal with that, that trauma and make sure that they receive the right therapy. Did you get any state funding? We, when we take care of those children that, in, that are placed in state's custody, we get that. But it doesn't always pay all the bills. Of course it does, and that's one of the reasons why we need the help of United Way, and they step up and really help us. I guess one of the, uh, one of the questions I like to ask people on this show is, how do you get your funding? Where does the money come from? Because you've got a big operation there, Debbie. Yeah, like, it's, a little over eight, about, it's a little over $8 million to run this children's home. $8 million. Okay, mm-hmm. so how do you come up with it? You have a big cookie sale? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a real big one. It would have to be a big one, but that may not be a bad idea. (laughs) However, um, it is through the the, state for the Departments of Children and Families, because that doesn't pay everything. So it's the majority of the time, it's through private donations. We rely on the kindness of our community for people to to donate. So um, one of the things I do want to say that I think is really unique to the Children's Home and what we're doing is um, that we use less than 10% for fundraising and management and overhead. So when you give a dollar, over 90 cents goes to that child. And for a nonprofit, that is absolutely amazing. So when they people invest in us, they're investing in children. Uh, and that's the criticism some people will have of anybody who does fundraisers, as you're doing, is, well, they just pay the administrators, and you're telling me that that's not the case. No, or, no. Yeah. That's why I'm, the, uh, my leadership team and I are tired most of the time as we are lifting up the staff that are caring for the children and taking care of the children themselves. Now, do you have any fundraisers? We do. We Tell do. Tell me about it. Well, we have one coming up on January 26th that's out at the Wichita Country Club. Good timing. And it's a, it <laughs> is. I d- wasn't aware that you're going to do that. But it is a pickleball competition okay, yeah. so it has been a blast people came to us several years ago and said can we put on a pickleball competition and so it's for all it's for everyone because they even give basic lessons if you don't know how to play but it's it's on a sunday night it's a lot of fun and that has really been taken off in our community as pickleball's taken it off has. And, and now, now where are you going to have that again it's at the wichita country club on january 26th okay so they can give the children's home a call, talk with me, and we'll sell them a ticket. Here's a good place to mention your phone number then. Okay. It is? It is 684-6581. 6581. If you find out about, about pickleball or anything else we're talking about. Any other fundraisers? Yes, we have Polo in the Plains. 
um, that um, we took on Kidscope, which we can talk about in a minute. But that's a fundraiser um, that is going to be in September of this year. And so you come out and watch polo matches and and just have fun. Mm-hmm. You, you know, typically we don't have that in our community, but it's taken off as well. Yeah. I'm going to miss. I'm going to leave something out. So take a cup, the minute here, and tell me what. What do you want to tell me that I've left out? I've, uh, what have I left out? You talk about kids scope. Is that it? Kids cope. Cope. Kids cope, <laughs> cope is one of the last areas that we've merged with the children's home, and it is for children that have lost a significant other. It might be a parent. It might be a sibling. It might be a grandparent. Anybody that was close to them, and their families need services to help them. So. We um, offer nine weeks of classes for them. And so like the five-year-olds are with five-year-olds learning about death and dying and the grieving process. The 17-year-olds are with 17-year-olds so they can process it at their level. And at the same time, then we're giving care and services to their caregivers. Because when you're a grandparent like yourself and you have a grandchild and their parent passes, then you're automatically parenting a lot of the times and you haven't parented for a while. So what does that mean in this technology age? How do I help them talk about their dad that's just passed? So it's a phenomenal services and it's free of charge. Mm. So if anybody has lost, um, if a child has lost anybody, please give us a call and we'll get them those services. And again, it's, it's free. As you and your helpers deal with children at risk every day, can you focus on one or two of the biggest problems that they face the kids today? And how about domestic violence? That's something that crops in on what you're doing, right? Domestic violence is huge. Yeah. And domestic violence changes a child of what they're going to be because it changes their DNA because all of a sudden there's the violence going on and all of the, the neurotransmitters and the catecholamines and the brains get changed and they're hypervigilant. So you and I may on a given day when we're relaxed, we may be at a zero where those children are are cooking at about an 80. So Mm. they can get quick to anger real because they get frightened and they have body memory of what it feels like. But we do get a lot of children um, from the domestic violence home. One thing that stands out in everything you've told me today is security and you face a lot of attention to security for the kids. We do. Tell me a little bit about that. We do. It's a locked facility. However, it's locked coming in. It's not locked going out. So if that child leaves, I mean, they we do at, at times have a runner that runs. But a lot of times, just like the other day, we had one. But they turned around and came back. And they said, I didn't have any place to go. And that's good that they know they're safe with us. But the sad part is, is that other part of that conversation is, I had no place to go. And no child should ever have to feel that way in our community. I know your background in nursing. So anybody who's a nurse has to want to help people. But what motivated you to, to get involved uh, with the children's home? Well, I was teaching at Wichita State um, in their school of nursing. And yet I'm a psych nurse, and I felt like I wanted to go out and do something um, that I could help children and because I specialized in, in child psych. And so I found my way to the children's home, and that was – and completeness for not only me but for Mike because he also got involved and it's something that we have been involved in since I, I moved back to Wichita after meeting Mike. It's been challenging for you. It has been. But what makes it worthwhile then? Why do you why do you do it, Debbie? You know, Steve, sometimes I go home and I go, I can't go back because you think it you've heard you, you you've heard everything and then a case will come in and you're like, No, 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 that couldn't have happened to a child. But then you realize that you're so proud of the place that you get to work at that this community gets to um, 
help children. And these are our children, Steve. They're yours and mine. These are our kids in our community, and they need a place. And so it's it's one of those jobs that when you go home at night and lay your head on your pillow, you go, I did something worthwhile. I did something for the common good. Well, you you got a great mission, and you're doing a great job. Thank we appreciate you. it. I'm going to speak on behalf of the entire community now and say thank you, Debbie, for not only what you're doing, but all the people who work for you and the volunteers at the Wichita Children's Home. Sounds like you, your work is needed, and you're filling a, a real gap of something that's needed in our community, and we appreciate that. Our guest today is Debbie Kennedy, Executive Director of Wichita's Children's Home. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2020, the first issue show of the new year. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.